welcome into another edition of 30 Racket Sports. It is Monday, October 18th. We've got a big show for you today. Um, a, a little bit of a different beer, but a, a very cool beer. Uh, you know, as we were pouring it before the show, we, we all had our kind of huh? comments on it. Yeah, huh? So uh, really what? excited for it. it. It definitely has the smell for what the beer is, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we also were talking... Cincinnati Bengals. That's the team we're going to cheer to victory. Uh, talking a little Big Ten after some big wins by the Buckeyes. And then, you know, a little bit of national. A little bit of national. Uh, talking the World Series. Also, we do have our Friday show back. So Friday's back. Catch us on Friday. Um, you know who else is back? The Cavs. Cavs. We're talking the Cavs talking on Friday, this Friday. The yeah. hardwood. And you know what? The association, we're the just, rock. We're just a few weeks away from a little bit of college basketball, too. Yeah. So be ready for that preview coming out here just in a couple of weeks. Usually there's another voice that we hear. He's usually to my right, but you're to my right today. The guy not here. Uh, previous agreements, I don't know. We, we might be kicking him off the show at this point. I don't know. Yeah. It's the it, best kind of ability. In a contract year, it's just not. It's Zach. Zach, unfortunately. Could not be here, so it is just myself and then the guy to my right today. The guy, possibly the first time in your life, kind of <laughs> living in the middle of this football epicenter in the country, Josh. Yes, sir. How are you feeling? You must be on cloud nine. I, I am. I'm get. just shell shocked. You replay really. Sports Center. You're watching all the news clippings. You want to see all the highlights. I've watched Burrow to Chase so many times today, and I watched it so many times on Sunday. But uh, it's it's crazy right now. Cincinnati, Ohio, the only team in or the only city in the country with a top five college football team and a first place NFL team. No first I place mean, NFL teams in Tuscaloosa. I can tell you that. Nope, nope. <laughs> and then uh, the man on the main mic, someone who maybe is prepping for a Nugget challenge tonight. Yeah, no, really. no, no. no. Uh, it was it was too late. We we had a rowdy weekend. I don't know if you can yeah, handle that, that. That's you got to play in like two weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. I didn't re- I didn't check the schedule quick enough. But uh, for for the Cavs game tonight, as we record, my name's Greg. I'm the host around here for Thirty Rack of Sports. Josh, I'm I'm excited to get to this beer. So. I'm so excited. Let's yep. get to some headlines and let's get right into it. Guys, the football weekend started early in Ohio with a Thursday night victory for the Browns over the Broncos, 17-14. Backup QB Case Keenum filled in admirably for Baker Mayfield, throwing for 199 yards and a touchdown. Best case scenario? But the third string running back, Ernest Johnson, stole the show in his first start as the former AAF running back ran for 146 yards and a touchdown of his own to put the Browns back on track, even with some key pieces missing. That's a darnest living. That's a darnest way to get through life. Uh, Josh, on Sunday, the Bengals roared and took control of the AFC North, bashing the Ravens 41-17. to Rookie of the year front runner? Yeah. Jamar Chase Uno. led the way with eight catches for 201 yards and a touchdown, while tight end... CJ Uzama added in 93 yards and two touchdowns himself as the Bengals blitz back the Ravens, finishing the last 28 minutes of the game on a 28-0 run. Next week, the Bengals get get a bye. Wait, no. Oh, I mean the Jets. 
So kind of the same yeah. thing. Yeah, one and the same. And the Browns start off their interdivisional campaign as the Steelers come to town for Halloween. On Saturday, the Bearcats took a while to wake up, falling behind the Navy and then almost letting the midshipmen back into the game after leading 27-10 thanks to a 10-0 run and an onside kick recovered by Navy. But we're able to survive upset alert in Annapolis 27-20 to stay at number two in the AP poll and number two in the coaches poll. It's a damn triple option. But we'll have to avoid another flat performance Saturday in New Orleans versus the Green Wave of Tulane. In Bloomington, the Buckeyes continued to roll with a 54-7 beatdown of Indiana. C.J. Stroud had another game with four TDs. Now has four TDs at least in four of his six games as the starter. The defense also stepped up, allowing just 128 yards to Indiana, with 75 of those coming on the Hoosiers' opening drive. The Buckeyes now welcome in a flailing Penn State team with their leader in St. X grad, Sean Clifford pretty banged up going into Saturday night. And then to wrap up the weekend of the sports, both Ohio MLS teams seem to put the nail in the coffin on their seasons with just three games left. Mm-hmm. The crew lost 2-1 to one to the New York Red Bulls to put them in 11th, five points out of the playoffs and up against the wall, maybe through the wall at this point with, with just three games left. While FC Cincinnati dropped another game, 5-1 to Inter-Miami, and now sit six points behind Toronto and will likely clinch the team's third wooden, wooden spoon as the MLS's worst team in as many seasons in the MLS. Onto the ice, the dream start for the Jackets came to a little bit of a halt this week as they dropped games to Detroit and Carolina, 4-1 and 5-1 respectively, but did pick up the overtime win versus the Islanders in the middle of that 3-2 to start the season three. And finally, the Cavs were back on the court to start their season, dropping the first two in Memphis and versus the Hornets before getting their first win, a 101-95 wine and gold winner over the Hawks on Saturday night. Cavs now head out west for a pretty brutal five-game road trip. Josh, those are your OH headlines. OH! For our beer of the week this week, we're back in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the Walnut Hills area, just a little bit east of UC, so right in that area. It is Esoteric Brewing, and their Kalima Coffee Cream Ale with Lactose. It is a coffee cream ale, 4.9 ABV beer from uh, Esoteric Brewing in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's got this, like, you almost expect when you see coffee, even, you know, obviously sometimes you see coffee blondes, but any kind of coffee ale, you expect to see that, like, you know, dark brown coffee color. This one, you know, almost looks like a like a lager in color. Like, it's, you know, yeah. got that yeah, when you were like pour- yellowish see-through color. You were pouring them, and I just kind of by default was like, oh, we're doing another lager this week. I was like, I swear we said we were doing a coffee, uh, like, cream ale this week. It's just not at all when you first look at it uh what you think it's going to be but then you get the smell greg and you're like oh "Oh, it's for sure a coffee beer i mean you know 
our studio right now isn't isn't exactly a huge room, but you could smell it across the you know normally with a lot yeah. of the beers you can smell them, but you kind of have to get your nose right up there. Right. I mean, Wafted this in this one. I mean, it carries across the room. It's got that nice, uh, you know, coffee bean taste. And then when you try it, you get that like coffee flavor, and then almost like the lactose kind of adds like a little bit of a shot of cream. Yeah. Like you know, a well, lot of people like to have in their coffee. It's very interesting. It's it's very very interesting, and it's I I'm going to put a statement out here right now, and I think I don't know if it's because I didn't have my coffee this Monday, but this might be one of my favorite beers we've ever had. I mean, it's fantastic because let's not forget, it's a cream ale. It's not a stout or porter or anything like you usually find your coffee in. Yeah. It's a cream ale, and I think that cream ale base still gives it that perfect. It's like you're drinking a coffee and a beer at the same time. It gives it that perfect blend and texture. And I think that's that's one of those things. Sometimes with the coffee porters, you get that like heaviness behind it, and it's kind of almost that chewy porter taste. This one, yeah. you get like a nice, quick little like cream ale beer taste, but you get most of the coffee. And you can tell it's it's very much, you know, if you don't like the taste of coffee, it might not be for you. But if you like that nice coffee beginning and you really want the coffee flavors to speak over, you know, yeah. beer flavors, this is a great beer. Um, as you mentioned, Esoteric Brewing uh, in the Walnut Hills area. Also, the... Uh, it opened, I believe, late 2020, middle, mm, you know, fall yeah. of 2020. Uh, the first minority-owned brewery in the Cincinnati area. To give you an idea, uh, currently, or at least as of um, September 2020, there were 60 minority-owned breweries in the nation. That's roughly as many breweries That's as wild. we have in the Cincinnati area. So always great to see, you know, uh, some more involvement and. A great beer, and I mean, we'll get into uh, you know, yeah, we'll I get got into the can and and them a little bit more. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to bring up is if you decide that you like this beer, one of the best things that I have heard, one of the best ideas that I've heard, they have two gallon kegs for sale, but they're not just two gallon kegs. Oh they yeah, that's right, little Sebastian mini pony kegs now available you can get a two gallon keg for 75 dollars look that's just this place is and i'll go i got a cool story about going into this place and we've also got just more on esoteric throughout the show but i mean this is kind of their style they when you walk in the place and even when you look at the cans you can kind of tell they have a certain style and way about of, of them and the way their design is, just the way their personality and branding is as a brewery. It's, it's a classy style to them. And so these little Sebastian cans, like you go on their website and they make it so easy too. I mean, they're doing great stuff at Esoteric. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to them a little bit more. Uh, you know, talk about, you know, I, I think we both had some good experiences. We've both been down there a couple times. But uh, that and the reading of the can, more here in just a little bit. For our first sports segment of the program. Sports. We're staying in Cincinnati. We're talking, Josh, we're talking your Cincinnati Bengals. I see that little wry smile off a 41-17 victory. I can't help it. I can't help but smile, Greg. Versus the Ravens. So our question for the day, the Bengals, now we discussed this before, and it's just in general buying whether or not they're for real or not. 
are the Bengals for real or are they just a, uh, you know, kind of put together with their schedule and maybe, maybe a lucky win for yeah. the Ravens, you know, off some, off some big wins. Getting some fluke weeks. Getting some fluke weeks. Five and two, your record says what, you know, you are what your record says you are, but obviously still 10 games to go. Buying or selling your Bengals, Josh. Because I believe Zach and I both had him at about five to six wins for the whole season. Yep, you guys laughed at me. You guys laughed at me. Said seven wins. You're ridiculous. And you thought I'd go higher. Oh and yeah, maybe I, I should going. have. Um, I'm buying this team. Um, and I said, and I said back then when I took them at seven, I think that they will win more games that they should win this year, as in ter- uh, comparing it to last year. Uh, but I said that it would be another year before the Bengals actually got there with all these additions. But, oh, my God, they've arrived. Uh, they have a top 10 defense, giving up less than 100 rushing yards per game. Crazy to think about when you look at where the defense has been in the past couple of years. Only giving up an average of about 18 points per game as well. Yeah. Um, I believe right now they are sixth in the league in sacks. They have, I believe it's 18 sacks which is more than they had all of last year. I believe they're second in the AFC currently in sacks. I don't know who's first in sacks in the AFC. We could really just take a guess at which one of those teams. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. could have a defensive player of the year in Miles Garrett on the outside. I don't really know. That's gonna. I'm saying that Browns Bengals matchup is going to be fantastic to watch from a defensive standpoint. But I just think... When you look, you've got to buy this team. I mean, you look at what the front office, and let me praise the front office because I never, ever get to praise the Cincinnati front office. 2020, you go out and draft Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Logan Wilson, uh, Davis Gaither, who you haven't gotten to see a whole lot, and then you sign uh, DJ Reader, Trey Waynes, uh, Bell, and uh, Quentin Spain. 2021, you draft Jamar Chase. Uh, you got Carmen on the O-line, Osai, who unfortunately out – Sample, you can argue about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, free agents, Hendrickson, Ogunjobi, uh, Chidobe Awuzie, Eli Apple, who hasn't been that great, uh, Hilton, Reef. I mean, what an incredible job. You've seen it. You're seeing it all pay off right now, and I think that's why you have to buy right now because you're seeing the investment actually pay off because those you're seeing the impact that those players make. I mean, the offense is scoring an average of 27 points per game, seventh best in football. And I know you've got a counter-argument there, Greg, which we'll get to. Um, but you've also got to look at the investment that's been made in those players, in the culture, the culture in Cincinnati to go on the road to start your division schedule and go 2-0 and with road wins in Pittsburgh and in Baltimore. I mean, if you want to talk about a time to buy Cincinnati, I think you look at that stat right there. Not just win, you know, commanding wins in those games. Yeah, and I mean, I think you've seen... If it weren't for Andy Dalton, the Bengals could be 6-1 and right now, Greg. (laughs) Uh, You know, as you mentioned, they're fifth in points per game against, and if you look at those teams, you know, they're either teams that are very good, like, you know, Cardinals, Bills, Rams, or they're teams that are bad but it's because their offense is really bad you know yeah. broncos and panthers sure. those kind of teams a couple outliers like the patriots who are you know one of those teams that i think some of their stats have gotten inflated a little bit by yes. uh, playing the jets twice 
What are you what are you saying? Uh, here? The one thing I, I was most amazed about, the stat that I saw, is you know, there was a lot of questions about this offensive line. And I think rightfully so. Sure. Because there were only a couple changes. Burrow's been sacked 17 times in seven games. But if you look at the first two games, he was sacked 10 times. Yeah. And the two teams that they played, the Vikings and the Bears, are one in, well, I guess both tied for first in the league as far as sacks. The last five games, they have, uh, you know, only let up seven sacks, which is a pretty, I mean, pretty, everybody gets sacked. Yeah, yeah. So seven oh, yeah. sacks in five games is pretty solid. Um, being a real team, I think the Bengals, I'm, I'm buying the Bengals for being a real team. You know, you look at the teams that you think might have a shot. I don't know about the Steelers, but, you know, you look at your, you know, Bengals, Ravens, Browns, um, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, and then the top, you know, Titans and uh, Bills in their divisions. That's nine, there's eight teams for seven spots. Maybe you throw in, you know, a feisty Colts or, or Patriots team, but sure. you're looking forward and you're looking, you know, they have been a good team so far. I will say, as someone that cheers for the other side of Ohio, they've been very healthy this year. Yes. Really, the only injury that they've had might have helped the team, and Zou- Xavier Suofilo, aside of Osai, yeah. who went yeah. in early. Um, I would say the there are three things that I would say concern me about the Bengals. And two of them kind of go together. One is the team has a negative turnover ratio, yes. minus three. And that kind of goes with Joe Burrow is tied for third in the league in interceptions right now. Now, Mahomes obviously has been much maligned this year. So he's up there. But the other quarterbacks that are up there, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, Trevor Lawrence. You can't turn over the ball. And some of the picks, the pick even against Baltimore was a red zone interception, yeah. a ball that he just kind of flung Yeah, some up. of the picks have been bad this the year. The Packers pick, you yeah. know, should have lost them. The three the in a row picks. Three in a row picks against, you know. So that's one of the things. The other is uh, almost similar to the other team in Cincinnati, you know, the Bearcats, is sometimes they don't always start with as much energy. Yeah. And I'm going to qualify this as this is a very cherry pick stat. But I think it holds some credence just because it is enough time for teams to get down, and the Bengals have even gotten down. In the first 28 minutes of the game this year, so that's up to the two-minute warning in the first half, the Bengals have scored 27 total points, which is four and a half points. So it's one game you're getting a field goal, one game you're getting a touchdown, basically. Right. They do have 27 points in the last two minutes before halftime this year, which is, I think, one of the best in the league. I know yeah, the Brown, it's kind I of think, a, that's kind of absurd. I think they were tied for third before that last touchdown this week. So I don't know if any of the other teams. Have scored. I know the Browns were, were in that area, but been crazy. But you look at, you know, obviously the Bears game, they got behind against a bad team and then kind of had to force it and right. know, didn't have enough time to come back. Uh, against the Jaguars, they almost fell behind, you know, 20, what, 21 to nothing right. at halftime. And, you know, if you weren't playing the Jaguars, yeah, you could have been exactly. in trouble. And even, you know, even this Ravens game, it was, I mean, they blew them out in the second half, but it was still, cl- you know, it was six, 
three, oh, yeah. 10 3 early. So, one of the issues that I see is you know, they do have a good rush defense, but you play against some of these teams that pound the ball, can get drives early. Maybe we'll run a little bit more conservative defense to make you have to really work the ball down the field instead of just popping off to Jamar Chase. Could be some trouble. But I think those um you know, those worries that you'd have about the Bengals, I think are against good teams. And I think if you're a Bengals yeah. fan, you understand you're not you may be the one seed right now, but I don't think no, yeah, right. they're the best team in the league. <laughs> well, and you the- bring up a good point. And and Dan Horde and uh, Dave Lapham talked about it a lot on the Bengals radio broadcast of that very same statistic you brought up. And it makes me think, you know, if you're so good in the two minute drill and you're off, your up tempo offense is so good in that, then why aren't you doing no huddle more? And why aren't you running up tempo offense more? You know, you, it's been harped on all year with the coaching and the play calling in the first half, how conservative is it, it is. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it switches off and Zach Taylor makes some ridiculous play call like he's up 40 to 17 when he's not. And it's just like, just you've got these playmakers run the high octane offense that everyone has been waiting for. And everyone always says, oh, he's a Sean McVay. He comes from the Sean McVay tree. He's going to be this real smart offensive guy and be doing all this flashy stuff. It's like, let's see it the whole game. And I think they're almost a team that, you know, some people would say build backwards. As as a Browns fan, that yeah. sees them establish the run and then kind of work into the pass. Yeah. I think the issue with the with the Bengals is they try to do that and their rush offense that's not who they are, still though. isn't great. Yeah, they, that's they who the Browns the, yeah, are. The Browns have, have the that. Yeah. yeah. So they're a team that I think needs to, you know, get some of the quick passes, get Higgins, and then maybe look for Jamar Chase deep, and then open up the box, and then you can run, you know, you can run Mixon out of the shotgun. You've got some nice pass catchers right. in, you know, Evans and whatnot that you can dump the ball to. And it's just, it's a team that I think, has the potential to be very, you know, has the potential to be a solid team. I mean, you know, they beat the Ravens, who killed the track. You know, they have yeah, a I chance mean, to beat the teams that they need to. It's just whether or not you're going to get, you know, good Bengals all the time. Right. I mean, when when you look at the schedule, you look at the division, and not knocking the dog pound here, just traditionally from a Bengals standpoint, your hostile environments have been in Pittsburgh and in Baltimore. And you've already gone on the road there and started your divisional schedule 2-0. and So yeah. for now, I think we're buying this team. I think even Zach would buy the Bengals right now. Yeah, Greg, I, don't and know. I mean, they, they almost beat his Packers. And I would say, you know, we're both buying the Bengals. And I, I mean, I put them as a definite threat for, you know, a playoff spot. I think it'd be stupid not to at this yeah, point. Yeah. Obviously, mean, you know. I mean, after next week, I don't think it would surprise anyone to see them, you know, six and two since they play the Jets. Right, but, but that's a crazy uh, thing to think about. Yeah, and then you're looking; you're almost halfway through your season, and then you know you find a couple wins here and there. You're at you know nine and eight. You're 10 in business. And seven with seven teams making it in. That's about what you need. So, well, listeners told us, Greg, they came with a resounding uh, buy today, a full landslide vote there on the polls at Thirty Rack of Sports on Twitter. Find us Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Greg, what do we got here coming? Oh, we got, let's get back to beer time. Yeah, we got a little bit more beer, and then we're going to talk a little bit of Big Ten 
football. football. We take a crisp cream ale and infuse it with a special roasted Laterza coffee blend to provide a tantalizing twist that's refreshingly invigorating. That sounds wonderful, honestly. It does. I mean, it's so refreshing. It, it, that's what I'm saying, man. When you go to Esoteric, you walk in there and all your it's, it's such a relaxing place. Like all your yeah. troubles go away. Yeah, they got this and they've got this sleek can. You know, it's not one of those for the giant pictures, but it's this white background with this gold, you know, just simple yet unique, something that you can pick out. And I think you, you know, said it correctly when you're like, it's a, it's a classy place. You know, when I, when I was there the one time we were kind of sitting out on the, uh, you know, the picnic tables, I think I was doing a brew bus there. So I didn't really even walk in. So I walked in to use the bathroom and I was like, wow, this is a really like, yeah, classy place, I think. Good beer, I mean, kind of a classy spot, you know, good open area around yeah. it too. So, uh, cool building, cool, yeah, cool, cool, cool old building. building. Um, I remember the first time I went there, I mistakenly thought they had opened, had a Monday off or something. I was like, oh, pop into this new brewery and everything. And we went down and uh, they weren't open, but, but they were people there and everything, still getting everything ready. And I guess they were having a meeting and they saw us and were like, if you guys want to come in, you can chill out in the back, have a beer, like, and just the nicest people. And they really care about that community right there. Like that immediate community in Walnut Hills. Um, I forget what that, that corner of that neighborhood is called. Uh, but there's so much rich history there and to see a minority owned business get in there, uh, and transform that building that's been on that corner forever. Yeah. That people's so corner. Awesome. Area. People's corner. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, once again, very cool to see. And uh, it's all locally sourced ingredients, too, um, that they used. So, I mean, they're very big. And we're going to talk about them more uh, in What's Brewing Ohio. I got some brewing news on them. Um, but they just are so involved with the community. And like you said, great place to go, relax, inside, outside. So many good beers. And this, I really, really do mean this. One of my favorite beers I think we've ever had on the show. Yeah, and the, as they mentioned, they use Laterza Coffee, also a uh, Laterza Artisan Coffee Roastery uh, on Shepherd Drive in, in Cincinnati. So local coffee blend, all of that. So uh, once again, shout out to Esoteric. This is a wonderfully refreshing beer and just a nice a nice drink while, while doing 30 Rack of Sports. For our next segment, we're doing a little rank em. We are going to the Big Ten, the powers of the Midwest, I guess. I suppose. Uh, yeah, if you want to call it that. Until, I mean, until you know the Bearcats are in, are in the Big 12. But uh, through you know four conference games for most of these teams, uh, with some big games coming up, Halloween games, uh, Penn oh, State, yeah. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and then still plenty to come, you know, Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, Penn State, the big game at the end of the year. So, you know, the looking game. some Iowa games coming yep. up here soon. Maybe you have them in there. Maybe you're thinking, uh, I'm a Rutgers guy through and through. That's who I want in my top three. But we're ranking our top three teams 
in the Big Ten right now, guessing that probably number one, unless we think all the teams are crap and a few might lose a couple times. The Illini. Before the end. Uh, Josh, who are your top three in the Big Ten right now? So I thought this would be kind of tough, but it really wasn't. Uh, Starting at number three, I got the Spartans. Obviously, huge, huge game in East Lansing this weekend uh, between Michigan State and Michigan. Uh, What, number six versus number eight there? Six versus nine or something? Yeah, it's six versus eight. Uh, Michigan State, though, they're just... The difference that you're going to see between those two teams especially is Michigan State has has some playmakers on defense, but as far as an actually solid defensive team, Michigan has the edge there. Michigan State has yet to really play like a complete defensive game, I think. You know, they struggled against Rutgers. Uh, You know, you can't, there's not a lot of style points there for me. If we're talking style points, just ranking the Big Ten, you know, not a lot of style there. Michigan, that number two, um, they've had some of the same struggles uh, as the Spartans have and where they've struggled against teams like uh, uh, Rutgers and uh, Nebraska little step up from Rutgers, but struggled there as well. Um, But they easily have the better defense. You could argue maybe the best defense in the Big Ten right now. Uh, Barely giving up two touchdowns a game, holding teams to just under 300 yards per game. You know, that's the complete defense that you like to see. And they also have the better offense, but still not a great offense. Uh, Pretty sure they've got that... uh, They've got that back whose name escapes me right now. Yeah, they've kind of got that tandem two-back system that, you know, has really helped them. They have scored, aside of that Rutgers game, have scored, you know, 30-plus points in every game this year. So, I mean, looking at uh, Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins, uh, you know, Corum with averaging over six yards a run, Haskins at about five. And then Donovan Edwards also has 22 carries and has six six yards to carry. So they're definitely a team that, you know, throws the ball around quite a bit. Or, I'm sorry, runs the ball quite a mm-hmm. bit. Very much focuses on their running backs. Their top two running backs, each with 10 touchdowns. So McNamara, only, you know, only five passing touchdowns. So Yeah, and I think that's the difference that you see, uh, correcting yourself there, that they run the ball all over the field and have the defense to keep up um, now the team that does throw the ball over the field and the best team in the big 10 right now, Ohio state Buckeyes, uh, the Buckeyes are starting to figure it out. I feel like, and I know we've touched on this in the past couple shows, but I feel like they're really starting to figure it out now, especially with that defense and the adjustments that have been made and uh, the humility, I'll say with Kerry Combs yeah. um, and just, being able to mid-season say this didn't work and completely transform the thing, and I think they're getting that out. But, man, this offense can score. The Buckeyes' offense can score, man. And, I mean, just taking a look at, you know, all the teams in the Big Ten, right now the the Buckeyes through four games, four conference games, have 217 points. The only two teams within 100 points of them are Nebraska, who's played five games because they had that early season yeah. Illinois tussle. They're at 150, so they're still almost 70 points behind. And then Michigan, who has 123 points 
through four games, so almost 100 points behind them. So they're obviously a team that, that can you know score with anyone. Uh, their defense since starting Big Ten play is actually you know on par with a lot of these other teams. Obviously, have not quite gotten any of the tests yet. You know, Maryland, they've played the uh, you know the three bottom feeders in the Big Ten East right now, in Maryland, Rutgers, and Indiana. Uh, so not a whole lot to uh, you know really look back on there. But this uh, this Ohio State team. Very good. I also have them at number one. Uh, number two, I have the Wolverines as well. Yep. Um, I just think that defense is stifling, and I think that offense is is good enough. Might be a tough word, but you know they can do enough well. Unique uh, in its depth. Yeah, especially in the backfield. Running the ball, they run the ball really well, and I I I have a tough time seeing a lot of people be able to start. You know, be able to to stop them obviously you have some you know questions whether mcnamara is the guy whether jj mccarthy might get some more run but you know so far this michigan team has been able to run through anybody that they need to and they've even put up you know some style points against a couple teams like like wisconsin you know beat northwestern pretty handily did struggle with rutgers in nebraska so you know, the real question for Michigan and I think Michigan State will be this week to see who's for real. Right. You got Michigan State I at number three? Have Iowa at number three. Okay. Uh Michigan State has just not really like wooed me at all. And I know Iowa kind of had the you know, the dud against um the Purdue. Dud. I was dud. But they've I mean, they've played pretty well and you even look at Michigan State, you know. If it wasn't for some defensive touchdowns, and you want to talk about an offensive struggling, if it wasn't for some defensive touchdowns against IU, they only won that game 20-15, to 15, just snuck by Nebraska. Even that Miami game was close. So yeah, I just don't know. You know, I, I know the Michigan State defense is good, but I think they're just one of those teams that if they fall behind, by, I, I, I don't see anything. And I, I see them making more mistakes than I do iowa so i would put iowa just ahead of them that's what because I, I haven't seen anything from michigan state yet. that's what with all these big 10 teams it's just like except for except for one of them if they fall behind in a game i don't see them coming back and even with that one team the buckeyes you've seen that not work out yeah. already once this year you yep. can sp- score all the points in the world and your quarterback can throw for s- school history but that still might not be enough if you can't continue to, you know, getting that defense where it needs to be, because while it has improved, you're still late on where it should be at this point in the season. Um, yeah, and the real question is, you like, know, are, when you handle that multi-back, uh, yeah, uh, depth chart that Michigan it, has, you know, are, is your defense going to be ready to to deal with an offense like that? Are they going to see anyone like that that has that? level of capabilities yeah because i think you know really i mean ohio state you could say you know had a tough start minnesota you know and then and then oregon but since then you know they played a bet you know the three bottom feeders like we said in the in the big 10 akron and tulsa 
So though the defense has looked better, you know, not giving up more than 20 points in any game, the real question is, especially when you look at a young team like this, you know, the last three games, they haven't had any tense moments. You don't know how this team is going to react, how the right. defense gonna, is going to react in some tense moments. Like you may get, like they're averaging 559 yards per game right now, which is out out of this world. But, you know, say you go on those long drives or whatever, and then you have to settle for the field goal or you fumble or an interception. And, you know, how do you, how is that young team going to face that adversity in in a New Year's Six game, in a playoff game, in the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah, in some of these... In the Michigan game. I was going to say, in some of these later games, and, you know, Penn State's only given up 58 points in, um, you know, in their game so far this year. Michigan State... They're going to be upset. The real question is going to be when it's, you know, when it... When the defense frustrates this offense. Because you saw Stroud sometimes early make some mistakes... What's going to happen, you know, if, especially, you know, if, if they're throwing the ball a lot, it doesn't go well. The defense is out on the field. I still would say Ohio State is, is comfortably at number one in this conference, but I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't coordinate anyone yet. Right. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how, uh, you know, with Penn State, the loss this past weekend to the Illini. Uh, in which I the, still can't. Be, I just still can't believe. Nine oh yeah, uh, I've never seen so a many nine terrible, uh, you know, two point. Oh plays. my god! Because those so- of you that didn't watch that game, the new rules in college is you get two overtimes where you start from the twenty five, score a touchdown or kick a field goal. Third overtime, if you score, you have to go for two. Starting in the fourth overtime, now it's just two point play, two point play. Yeah. Back and forth. And back and, and forth it went. <laughs> I think both teams scored like, you know, well, I guess Penn State scored maybe on two of them, and then Illinois scored on like three out of Yeah, like I think they went eight. three for five and two for five. Cool. It's like PKs or something right there. It was like, somebody, please. But it'll be interesting to see how the Big Ten shakes out and uh, what that means for our playoff picture going down the road. First playoff uh, rankings coming up first week of November. Yeah, just a, a week from tomorrow. So we'll see where the Buckeyes end up and in what distance the rest of the Big Ten is behind them, possibly in some striking distance. What is brewing Ohio? Everybody's favorite Ohio brewing news segment. You can get all of this uh, fun information and plenty more of it at ohiocraftbeer.org. Follow Ohio Craft Beer, the Ohio Craft Beer Association on social media at Ohio Craft Beer. Greg. Have you ever had a yellow smiley face cookie? From Buskins? From Buskins. Oh, I yes, mean, yes. any any local bakery does the yellow smiley face cookies. Buskins does it great down here in Cincinnati, up on the northeast side of Ohio. Fisher's Foods is the place to get your yellow smiley face cookie. What if I told you, Greg, that you could drink that yellow smiley face cookie in a beer? Yellow smiley face cookie and beer? And beer, yeah, yes. Royal Docks Brewing Company has teamed up with the Canton area grocer Fisher's Foods to create this awesome new smiley face cookie white stout. And it is a little bit like our beer that we have today, uh, Calumac Coffee Cream Ale, where it has, you'd think it has the dark color um, with this beer from Royal Docks being a stout, but it's got a lighter color 
Um, is it yellow with a smiley face on it? It almost is, Greg, because guess what? 100 of those authentic smiley face cookies were actually added to the mash. And so those cookies are actually in the beer, which I just is an outrageous thing. Uh, it's light in color, uh, 6.6%, and uh, it'll get you that great feeling that a yellow smiley face cookie does. Uh, malty, cocoa, vanilla in there as well. So Royal Docks Brewing, uh, Fisher's Foods, smiley face cookie. Find it out there now. Uh, really, really cool beer, I thought. Uh, we've got... This one is the one I wish Zach was here for because we're going to his neck of the woods here. Oh, down no. In, oh, no. He's, you know, and Athens we're talking... County. Yeah, and this could be a great conversation with him because, you know, Ohio is home to so many uh, basic American accents um, and some of the most boring ones, but especially uh, the one known as Appalachian English, yep. which is spoken down... In the chili Chillicothe area and down there, Chili Cathy, um, Capital Old Capital Brewing, which is in Chillicothe, uh, they embrace this whole thing. And Greg, do you know what Sigoglin means? Sigoglin, I think, is how you say it. Either way, I, I was going to. I need no see. Idea. I wish Zach was here because he would know this. But apparently, that's some vernacular that they use down there. Uh, it means like crooked or you know out of balance not level or whatever you look at something and you're like oh that's not built rightly so it's sigoglin yeah. over there um so sigoglin is a new russian imperial stouts a lot oh. of stouts on the news here getting uh, into the stout season and it's as you might imagine uh a different take on a russian stout imperial stout so get on over to old capital brewing right in the heart of the old capital a uh, pretty cool little street to go down um, in Chillicothe, Ohio. And now we return to our beer of the week, Greg. Uh, oh. Kalima Esoteric. Coffee Cream Ale from Esoteric Brewing in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, that's the beer we're drinking this week. And they've got some cool stuff that they're doing this week with another minority-owned business in Cincinnati, black-owned outerwear. FC Cincinnati's done some stuff with them. Uh, they do awesome Really cool stuff. Um, I encourage you to go check out their website. They've got a lot of cool, like, local kind of outerwear stuff that they do. But they are collaborating. Um, it's their 10th anniversary, and so they wanted a brew for their their big 1-0. Black Bouquet. Uh, it's the brewery's Dahlia Brown Ale. That's the base of it. And then it takes another coffee blend from another local minority-owned business, Black wow. Coffee, um, and it creates this cool, like, multi, multi coffee, dark flavor. Um, it's got that brown ale base, so you know you're going to get, like, a rich malt beer here. It's also got a really cool can. Um, it's not the can that you'll see here. Um, if you see any of our videos on social media, 30 Rack of Sports, um, where Esoteric has this clean design and everything. They do have some artwork with this one. Um, but you can get your first taste of that black bouquet at the Walnut Hills Tap Room. Um, and uh, that was an event they did recently, but still on tap at the Tap Room. And guys, well, Craig, I'm so impressed with Esoteric oh, Brewing. I mean, so much. That's a cool event there, and I'm dying to try that beer. This Kalima Coffee Cream Ale was great. 
So shout out to Esoteric Brewing, shout out to Old Capital Brewing, and shout out to Royal Docks Brewing Company and Fisher's Food. I want to try one of these. We need to get uh, Buskins doing that with someone down here. Smiley face cookies. That's what's brewing in Ohio. For our next segment, Josh, we're doing a little who you got. Who do you have? For the fall classic. For those in Ohio, maybe you stopped watching baseball, you know, a month ago. It's a little tough, After man. something happened, you know, end of the season. No uh, Reds or, I believe they're still the Indians till the end of the league year. So, Reds or Indians this year. But, tomorrow, or today as you're listening to this podcast, Tuesday, is game one of the World Series. The Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. Game one, Tuesday in Houston. Charlie Morton goes for the Braves versus Frambar Valdez for the Houston Astros. Uh, the Braves got there by beating the Milwaukee Brewers, who won the NL Central, 3-1 in the NLDS, and then beat the Dodgers, upset the Dodgers, 4-2 in the AL, or in the NLCS to get the National League seat in the World Series. The Astros beat the White Sox, Southsiders, 3-1 in the ALDS, and the Red Sox four to two in the ALCS. Josh, Fall Classic, who are you liking? I like this matchup. I think it's a it's an interesting World Series, um, and I think it's going to go longer than a lot of people are giving it credit for. I think a lot of people are high on the uh, on the Strohs, thinking it's going to be a beatdown on a club that's uh, squeaked by. Uh, Greg, the Braves were under 500. They were a losing team until August. Latest point ever in a baseball season for a club to make the turn over 500 Ooh. and be a winning ball club. By a lot, too. Like, by months. Wow. Um, but, I mean, I think it goes to show you... <clears throat> Gotta get this out real quick. I think it goes to show you what getting acquisitions at the deadline oh, no. will do for you. Oh, no. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not go on that rant right now, but I mean, really, you look at some of the acquisitions they got and what it's done for them. Um, Eddie Rosario mainly being the one there, just Jock Peterson, Jock Peterson also. Um, but I mean, those both of those guys are on a tear right now. Jorge Soler, even who, you know, solar power, injured up a little bit, but look, you're gonna have one of his favorable ballparks where you can plug him in as the DH. I mean, I think that solves that problem right there. McCullers is out. I mean, you're looking at an Astros staff that, while they're still good and everything, haven't been as spectacular as they has, have been. They've shown some, some wear here down at the at, towards the end of this postseason stretch. Not having McCullers for the World Series. You know, guys like Will Smith, Adam Duvall, A.J. Minter, you still keep getting those guys going. And I think that they ride this momentum all the way to game seven, hit a couple dingers. Every year, there's a, there's, every year, there's a strange World Series game that changes the whole series. And it just takes a couple dingers one inning, I think. And I think this Braves team is the team to do it. I like Atlanta in seven. Speaking of um, Adam Duvall, did you see Adam Duvall's son with Blooper? If I you're not, not familiar with Blooper, he is the, the mascot for the Braves. Bloop. And... I I could guess with like decent certainty that his biggest fan in the world might be Adam Duvall's son. 
I've... So Adam Duvall's son wearing the blooper hat, freaking out, trying to jump out of his father's arms. I might probably like two, one. I don't know. I'm not good <laughs> with children. Trying to probably like two years old, trying to go see blooper. That's After awesome. They're celebrating the fact that they went to the World Series. Kid, no. I just want to just see blooper. blooper. Um, we so, all just want blooper in our I lives. Mean, really. Uh, so I think this is going to come down to, you know, kind of, I guess one big matchup. You look at the Braves pitching. They have allowed 27 runs in 10 games. That's 2.7 runs per game. It goes under two runs. If you take out 11 of those 27 runs were in one game. So, nine, 16 runs in nine games. A number of shutouts in there. The Astros have scored 67 runs in 10 games, which is 6.7 runs per game, and have scored nine runs four times and 10 runs once. I mean, so, it is going to be this brave staff versus this Astros offense. If they can keep some of these guys in check, I think, you know, obviously they're going to be very successful. The Red Sox were able to do that to some degree. You know, the pivotal game was obviously that third strike call that may have gone one way, and then the Astros ended up scoring seven runs in that inning. But I think this Braves team can put a couple stinkers up out of the Astros I think the Astros still give up runs even in games that they win. You know, they got the one game seven start, which was kind of an outlier. But, you know, even Valdez hasn't been great. He gave up, you know, a number of runs early in that game. And I think, you know, you've seen the posts everywhere. And I understand the professionals. I understand they see this. And it would probably be more so if it was maybe not – the Dodgers, because the Dodgers, they could say it's kind of us versus them. You know, they just hate us because of this. Yeah. But having a team that, you know, didn't, they didn't really have anything against because the Braves never made it to the World Series, weren't right. the team, but has the entire country against them. Yeah. That sometimes you feel that with kind of the like good feel. Everybody's like, you know, I mean, you know, not against the Indians, but a lot of people wanted the Cubs to get their first one when the Nationals were kind of the Cinderella right. team. I feel like that pressure wears thin on people. You know, a lot of people are, are against the Dodgers a lot or the Yankees a lot. Sometimes that pressure wears thin, and I think... Well, and there's one man There's one man in that Astros dugout that also has the pressure of finally being able to take a, take a team and get, get the ring yep. after having that chance so many times. Time again, I think so one of, many times. One of nine managers to make it to the World Series with Nail and an NL ball club has been in the... A- you know, AL or NLCS time and time again. Oh my gosh, so many times. Like if Dusty can't get it done this time, you know he's feeling the pressure there with that ball club. But you know, they're all feeling the I think you make a good point there because when they're in Atlanta, here in that crowd, I mean, if you've never been to Atlanta for a playoff game of any type, especially a Braves game, they'll, they'll be rocking in there. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think there will be a big moment and I think the Astros kind of got their moment with that you know, yeah. chew out or with that strike call. Maybe the Braves get a moment. Maybe they get the a Braves hit. are the they moment. They have, man. and and the other thing about the Braves is 
you know, they had some stuff earlier where they had some, you know, the Azuna stuff. Freddie Freeman, super likable guy. Oh, yeah. Jock Peterson yeah. with the pearls that he's <laughs> wearing, likable. You know, Charlie Morton, who basically had a career reinvigoration yeah. out there. They're a team that you can kind of root for. And yeah, I they think, got a lot of good guys. I think they'll be a big hit. I think they'll there will be a spot in a pressure situation where Freddie Freeman will get a big hit, and that will change the series. That's my call. Give me the Braves in seven. Taking Braves all, all the way here. Well, tell us uh tell us who you got. We'll see we'll see about Zach. Be curious to see who he takes here. He's, yeah, he's probably an AL guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a hater, so senior. Let us know. Braves Astros starting Tuesday night in Houston, game one. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. We end the show, as we always do, with a little bit of cheers. Of course, our first shout-out goes to Esoteric Brewing. And I can't, yeah, I can't say this enough. And I know there have been some comments that we really, you know, we're always super nice about the beers. And one, it's because Ohio has so many great beers. Yeah, I mean, right. But... We've this said top shelf plenty of times. A very good beer. And I, you know, I think this is definitely beer. I mean, I, I feel like you got to have that taste for coffee to really yeah. like it. But I would say unbelievable beer. Really great brewery. Very much encourage you to check it out. Maybe a little Sebastian. Uh, yeah, get yourself a little two, Sebastian. Two-gallon keg. Also, shout out to the listeners. Thank you so much for listening to us this week and every week. Once again, we will be back on Friday to do a little bit of Cavs talk. You know, I'm the most excited person in the room for a little bit of Cavs talk. And then also, shout out to our co-host, Zach. Uh, He should be back next week. Uh, Fatherhood weighs heavy on the man, apparently. Uh, Even with someone that acts as much of a child as he does. He's graying out, man. He's looking like Mason. He's looking like Mason Crosby out there. A little bit of Mason Crossbar, (laughs) yeah. Um. For our final shout-outs, Josh, who are you shouting out this week? I'm going to bring it uh, full circle and go back to what I said at the beginning of the show. Cincinnati, Ohio is the only city in America with a top five nationally ranked college football team and a first place professional football team. Just shout-out to Cincinnati. Shout-out to the Cincinnati Bengals front office. Shout-out to Luke Fickle and his staff. And the it's just... Cincinnati fans take all this in right now, man, because it's it's awesome. It's awesome. It's a like Greg said at the beginning of the show. It's it's a cloud nine that I am not familiar with, and uh, just kind of been smiling this whole show because of the Bengals and the Bearcats. So shout out to Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, center of the universe. We'll see what happens. I mean, Bengals have the Jets, but in two weeks, yeah, get tough that battle of trap, Ohio trap game here. So and then in a you know, if the Bearcats can take care of business, they still have an undefeated SMU team. Yep. Still on the schedule. Um, my shout-out actually goes to a member of the Cleveland Browns. I, me- I also mentioned this earlier. Uh, if you haven't heard this story, my shout-out goes to third-string running back to Ernest Johnson. Uh, Johnson played um, in Florida and then went to college at South Florida. Um, he got drafted by the uh or went undrafted i apologize went to saints rookie minicamp was cut afterwards not signed so he spent 2018 on a fishing boat in key west fishing for mahi mahi with a friend out of football completely 2019 comes around 
the AAF starts. That short flash in the pan league. He signs, or he, someone actually showed one of the DMs. He sent DMs stuff to anyone he could find. Every team in the AAF saying, hey, I'm a running back. I'm here. I want a chance. He, in eight games, which is all they played, 372 yards, 22 receptions, 220 yards. So, was one of the better players in the AAF. Right afterwards, signed with the Cleveland Browns, made their roster, you know, got some, got a little bit of playing time, but was kind of always the backup. You know, 2019, 2020 played as a backup. And then in 2021, with two-headed monster of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt going out, First start, gets a touchdown, 146 yards on the ground, 22 receiving yards, and just a huge game. So shout out to him, a guy that, you know, never let go of his dream. Yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, someone that, I mean, was the story of the night after a Thursday night football game. And, you know, very few people can say that, that they they were the story (laughs) of the night in sports. Right. That's a crazy journey there. Good for him. So shout out to Dernis Johnson. Shout out to the city of Cincinnati. For being in the middle of football, that's wild to say. Middle of any any yeah. sport, unless it's for something like slightly disappointing. So uh, once again, thank you so much for listening to Thirty Rack of Sports. We'll be back Friday talking a little bit of hardball. The association. For it's here. Zach, not really here on the opinions. Ohio State. For Josh on the ones and twos. Go Bearcats. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening. 230 Rack of Sports. Here we go, Brownie. Here we go. Oh, no. Who day? Who day? Who day?